Hello and welcome to the second episode of what we're now calling Lockdown Movies, for want of a better name. Uh, it's this bonus series from Screen Brum, where we are all, as you are, stuck in lockdown. We're trapped at home, um, but we are not letting that get us down. We are going to be watching loads of films. We feel we've basically been training for this all our lives. But what we'd like to do with this show is to recommend things. We will have a series of guests and they will tell us things that they're watching and the things that they would like to recommend for you to cheer you up. Uh, and I'm very excited to say our first guest is a professor, Professor Rob Stone from Birmingham University. I uh, hope you can hear me, Rob. Hello, Blake. Yeah. How is lockdown treating you, Rob? It's, it's like you say, I've been training for this all my life. I've become an expert in sitting in the dark, uh, just me and my TV screen. So, you know, I've been training all my life. I'm pretty good at it. I think I'm going to get through. Basically, no difference for you. It's basically life as usual. Yeah, yeah. it's carrying on as normal. Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. Um, in case anyone hasn't heard you on the show before, Rob, um, can you tell us a little bit about what it is you're a professor of? Sure. I'm, well, I'm professor of film studies um, at the University of Birmingham. Um, my area is kind of American independent cinema, European art house cinema, and the theory of world cinema as well. It's those three areas. And at the University of Birmingham, we have a department of film and creative writing, and I have lots of excellent colleagues who work on different aspects of world cinema. And we have a thriving cohort of postgraduate research students too. And so I'm very much involved with, uh, with their work and what they're doing. So Rob, one of the things that you mentioned to me earlier on before we're on air is something I'm quite interested in, Netflix parties. Yes. Now, this sounds like ideal for not lockdown. Can you explain what they are? Has nobody invited you yet? You should I, be. I, I don't have any friends in oh, there. I'll put you on the list. So tell well, me more. This had been around for a while, but nobody had paid much, much attention to it. The watch party is tremendous. Anybody with a subscription to Netflix, you can basically, one person takes control, chooses a program, uh, signs, up to Netflix, signs up to Netflix, watches it on their computer screen, and then sends their personal link to as many people as they want who can then come online, they can join them, and alongside the screen, you have a chat line as well, like a chat room operates alongside it. So you can either all discuss it at the same time, or you could have one person commenting, you know, and explaining what's happening in um, the film or the TV series that they're watching. So basically it's film studies taken out of the lecture room, taken out of the seminar room, and just transferred online, where it probably belongs anyway. So we're experimenting with that at the university and it uh, seems to be going quite well. Oh, so, so members of the public, is that, yes. can, they, can they watch and get a lecture, a sort of live lecture whilst they watch? That's absolutely fine. We'd be happy for members of the public to join us. Uh, what's happening? Uh, t tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock, I'm doing a watch party on the first episode of the series Sensate. And then I think next week, I think it's the 30th, my colleague Kat Lester, is doing it for another Netflix original. It's a children's show uh, with, is it John Mulaney, I think, the American comic? It's some kind of crazy children's show that he's got, and she's doing uh, an online commentary. I believe it has Jake Gyllenhaal, as you've never seen him before. I, I, I think that's right. That's the one, yes. Yeah, well, what's good about it is, um, you know, you can bring people from all over the world at the same time can be watching, as long as their Netflix, um, their subscription allows them to access it. So this is why we're using Netflix originals like Sensate and like this John Mulaney program, because we know that everybody in the world has access to them. We send out a link to everybody that we want, and those who want to can click on the link and they can join us. Yeah, it's, it's really good. We tried a, 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 like a practice run this morning, 
and it was terrific. It worked really well. Professor Stowe, what are yes. you? What highbrow stuff are you watching to, to get you through the lockdown? And what would you recommend to to the rest of us, the plebs? I'm deep into chilling out at the moment. I'm not into watching any films about um, viruses or anything like that. I'm actually going. I'm working backwards through the the Marvel uh, universe. Uh, I kind of came to the Marvel universe quite late, you know, but I was quite impressed with, especially with the recent ones, especially with Endgame and Infinity War. So I'm kind of working backwards and I'm finding myself, at the moment, I'm watching the original Iron Man trilogy and some of the earlier films and really enjoying them. It's not even a guilty pleasure. I find them tremendously uh, entertaining. And of course, it's, it's, a, it's a modern mythology and it's wonderfully uh, relaxing to watch these films as well. And I think these are all on Disney Plus now, aren't they? I guess they must be. Disney yes. Plus has come out this this week, um, right. and all of the Marvel films, all the Star Wars films, uh, are on there. I think it's yeah, it's interesting to see kind of backwards evolution, you know. Yeah. Uh, in, instead of having watched them evolve, I'm going the other way. I'm seeing what they turned into these massive epics, and working backwards to the smaller, more intimate films. I mean, Scorsese's right when he criticizes them because he says that they don't take risks, but he's only looking in terms of story. When you look at these films, they do take risks in the casting and they take risks in the directors that they choose as well. You know, I mean, watching the early Iron Man films, they're like very peculiar, offbeat American independent movies with a lot of kind of legacy of the kind of the independent American cinema of the 1970s too. They, they are mainstream because of the budgets and because of the subject matter, but they have a very different kind of tone to them. They're really entertaining. What else would you recommend people watch whilst, uh, whilst they're well, looking Have you seen Parasite? I haven't. I was. I was you about haven't. to go. I was about to go before everything oh. went wrong. So. Oh, you missed seen... out. Yeah, oh. I hear very good. Oh well, I saw it twice in the cinema and absolutely loved it. I really thought it was superb. So I've been digging into Korean cinema recently. Um, I was lucky. I did. I, I got a like a shipment of Korean films just before the pandemic hit. So I'm working through early films by the director of the Parasite, of Parasite Bong Joon Ho, and also. Um, films I hadn't seen by one of my all-time favourite directors, who's Park Chan-wook, who's famous for the Vengeance trilogy. Uh, and that includes one of my all-time favourite films, Lady Vengeance. So I'm happily watching and re-watching that while discovering previously unknown films by them as well. Some terrific works of cinema. I mean, fascinating films, really offbeat and different and original and exciting cinema. It's terrific to watch. There must be a vast, a vast audience at the moment for everything. And Netflix yes. and all the rest of it must be seeing a huge spike in everything. Um, yeah, absolutely. But if you see the, I mean, not just Netflix, if you look at the online sources of, of, of new films, things like the Curzon Home Cinema, who currently have what is already for me the best film of the year, Portrait of Lady on Fire, is currently available there. Um, movie has absolutely stepped up its game. I mean, movie has a different art house film or classic every every day of the month, and they move, they cycle them around. At the moment, it's thirty absolute masterpieces, all of them fascinating films worth. So we're into a, a strange kind of period where we may not be going to the cinema, but the availability of films online has never been so good. If this had happened ten years ago, and we were just having yes. to revisit all our old VHSs over and over again, <laughs> we would, wouldn't we? I'd be watching Raiders of the Lost Ark for the hundredth time. Yes. We, if we're sticking with Netflix, there's, I'm not going to be too down on this, but there's a, a really interesting Spanish Basque film um, that won the Golden, no, the Silver Shell at last year's San Sebastián Film Festival. So the release on Netflix was really quick. Um, and in English, it's called The Infinite Trench. 
And it's a fascinating film. It's based kind of on a true story about a guy who uh, went into hiding during the Spanish Civil War in a secret hole that he made in a false wall in his house. And he actually ended up staying there for 30 years. Totally no, no well, he's, his, he had a wife and a son who basically kept up the pretense for 30 years that he was on the run, that nobody knew where he was. And the film is absolutely fascinating. It's a it has a tremendous... Um, the the wife and the, the and the husband uh, fantastic performances it's very claustrophobic uh, but really I mean if, if we're beginning to worry about the lockdown that we have you need to see this guy who was stuck in a tiny hole for 30 years and the life that he lived and we kind of you know we can be thankful for what we're living through is it is it something that's going to create anxiety in those of us? yes <laughs> right okay well that's a that's a health warning <laughs> yeah that's a health warning on the other hand on the other hand, since um, Netflix has just gifted me 14 seasons of um, it's, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which I've been meaning to catch up with for many years. Have you seen that? Oh, I've seen every episode. You've seen every episode. Of Isn't it course. great? It is great. And I tell you what, it doesn't it doesn't go off the boil either. Uh, it it does really? For 14 which, years? Which, wow. which it, it, the 14th series is as good as the, as the first. Um, it's amazing. I think they, they do um, brilliant stuff with it. And it's... It's so, um, so transgressive, particularly for an American yeah. thing. Of like, these people are unbelievably despicable, and they do not learn, and they do yeah. not grow, um, and uh, they don't get any better. And you just... But you know what? But, but you know what it is? It's essentially it's friends, but with real people. <laughs> yeah. Evil friends. Evil friends. They're yeah. fantastic. It's 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 absolutely hilarious. I've never laughed so hard at a series, and I'm only I, I think I'm in series four at the moment, so I've got a lot to look forward to. This is definitely my lifeboat to get me through the pandemic. Every time I'm feeling a bit down, I switch on another episode. They're very short. They're shouty and profane and just absolutely gut-bustingly gut hilarious. The funniest thing I've ever seen. Is there anything else that you would suggest for, for people? Anything that you think... I can I can mention my comfort zone. My go-to comfort zone, apart mm. from Philadelphia, is Sensate, the series on Netflix. Two seasons of that, which are my absolute comfort zone. And it's more meaningful now than ever. It's a series which, which looks at everything that's bad in the world, but still comes out with a kind of a, ut a utopian sense of how people can still get along and still evolve and still improve each other. For some people, it's kind of, it's, it's very generic. It has a reputation for being that queer science fiction series, but it's not. It's about empathy and it's about people all over the world relate to each other and how everybody can help each other along. And it's just the most comforting series I know. I strongly recommend it. For me, it's by far the most optimistic program I've ever seen. And it's, it's, a, it's a real comfort in these times. To, to watch a series like this, which is very entertaining and it's very funny and it's very sexy, but it's also, it's about the best in people and about bringing out the best in people. It's wonderful. There you go. Um, thank you. Thank you, Rob. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, I'll just say one thing, just uh, people who are interested in the film might be interested that um, it's not all about watching. There's some great books at the moment. And just out of interest, I just recently read a book called The Big Goodbye by Sam Wasson, which... I've read hundreds, thousands of films about film. This is one of the greatest books I've ever read on, on film. It's about the making of Chinatown, but really it's about how the end of Hollywood era merged with the beginning of modern American cinema. And it's just one of the most fascinating, beautifully written books I've ever read. So if you want a break from watching stuff and you feel like reading a book, The Big Goodbye by Sam Wasson is one of the best books on movies I've ever read. Thank you, Professor Stone. Thank you, Blake. If you've got any message for anyone 
around the world that may potentially be looking for some comfort at this point? Uh, you just have to keep watching great films because great films are they're just full of inspiration. They are, as somebody says in Sensate, it, it's, it's love made public. It's love made public and turned into art. That's what a great film really is. And we find everything we need in movies. We find optimism, we find utopia, we find hope. We just need to keep looking. Mm -hmm.